on TV, online, and on Second Thought, let's do talk about Depokus. This is EPT Not Live. Hello, my babies, and welcome to EPT Not Live. Yes, Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton coming in your ear holes. Coming up on today's show, James is back from shooting Untitled Celebrity Poker Project in Spain. And I am jealous as this guy, stories. I think he's got some stories. Most of them complaints. <laughs> okay, fine. Shark Cage, heat number one. It's done. It's aired. It's been on television. It's been on YouTube. And it was won by probably not who you think. Okay, it was probably won by who you think. You say that, that a few people on social media predicted it way wrong. I love it when people on social media are wrong. Can't wait for that. I did some WCOOP streaming this week. Some adventures in online poker. Uh, as always, we've got Superfan versus Stapes. And this week, we've got a Stapes Superfan. Slash Stalker. You think he's on the stalker level? Eh, it's kind of bordering that way. I don't know. I've got so few fans, I can't really <laughs> afford to eliminate them based on stalkerish. I am Joe Stapleton. Now it's time to officially introduce my work wife, James Hardigan. Would it make you feel more at home, Joe, if I... I or maybe if I was really distorted like this instead. Why is that? Oh, because of... Uh... I'm referring to your WCOOP stream, which I did watch, yeah. as you know, because I was in the chat box on Twitch. And because of the technical setup, Paul Livbury and Igor Kurganov, who were kind of co-hosting the stream with you, you either couldn't hear them at all or they were massively distorted. Yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later on. I have an explanation for that. Uh, by the way, if you want to really compare uh, mommy and daddy, uh, you got to check out later on the show what we've got for you as we clear out this week's social media mailbox. It's the real difference between dealing with James Hardigan and dealing with Joe Stapleton. But we're going to get to that when we uh, recap Shark Cage. James, before I forget, um, here, here's the death... The death totem oh, token. The plastic wolf's head. Thank that, you very much indeed. A random threat, threatening person had sent to me. I have to say, if someone did want to send you something threatening, I'm not sure mm -hmm. a Lego wolf's head is really... The fact that it's in a little plastic bag, though, does give it a certain sinister quality. It's in a plastic bag. It's a weird wolf head. It looks, but the the one thing that like was sort of a tip off that it was not. Uh, well, other than the fact that you told me, hey. Expect this thing to come in the mail, and as usual, most things just go in one ear, out the other for me. Yeah. But the guy's return address was on you don't the normally eBay envelope. Do that if you're actually. But it seemed like a fake name. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it, it was like it was like James Richardson. Come now, on. Yeah, I have to say, you are always living in a slight world of confusion. Since you've moved yeah. back to America, <laughs> it's, it's reached worse. new heights. It's so bad. You've no idea what day you're meant to be in what country. What project you're working on on any given week? You are just living in a in a maze of befuddlement. I agree. However, I will say there are some things that I have in my defense. I have more going in my defense now than I ever had before. One is that like I'm on a plane way more, jet lagged, getting up at five in the morning to do stuff, time differences, and the schedule here changes a lot. In fact, it changed within the last 10 minutes. Yes. I don't think people really want to get into the nitty gritty of that. By the way, a lot of... Um... <laughs> of course they do. You just don't want us to talk about it. It's fine. I did want to mention one thing about my flight on the way over here, by the way, yeah. while I'm thinking about it. I, as I got on the plane, the pilot was making an announcement and I was like, you know, now that I'm watching West Wing so much, I like don't listen to the announcements. I'm going to listen to this one. He was announcing about how um, it was his co-pilot's last day after 21 years of piloting 
And this to me is like the worst possible thing I could have heard. Like, this is his last flight before retirement. 21 years. I'm like, no, 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 no. Not me. Not this flight. I do not want to be on this guy's last flight. Did you hear about the pilot whose last flight from Vegas literally exploded on the runway? That is not cool. Guy was about to retire. His last flight, Vegas to London, and the engine exploded on takeoff. Now, the story has a... A, a, a fine okay I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a happy ending, but basically everyone was off the plane within two minutes. The evacuation procedure run by the crew ran seamlessly. Wow, cool. And apart from a few minor injuries like knocks and bruises, yeah. no one was hurt. That's actually, I always wonder about that because you sit there and like, like you and I are the same. We fly all the time and I just sort of like half pay attention to the exit strategy now. And I wonder if shit really went down, would it just be mass hysteria? Well, the reason, by the way, that there were some injuries is because people disobeyed the golden rule, which is when the plane is evacuated, and they say this on every little film that you watch or every demonstration don't by the crew. Don't blow up the life vest beforehand. Not that bit, because you're not landing on water, so you don't actually need I would a life still, vest. Just in case. Just, just in case. Just, just in case. Happen. case yeah. is a puddle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> more importantly, don't try and take your shit with you. Don't start oh. opening the opening the bins, getting your bag, or yeah. grabbing stuff from under your seat. Just get off the plane. And it's when people start to try and grab stuff and take their bags yeah, with them. Yeah, but what if my Zune is in there? It is a collector's item. I need my I need my Zune. Seriously, a Zune's worth anything? <laughs> I don't there must think be about so. like five of them out no, there. No, I don't think so. Uh, you mentioned the West Wing. I have to ask. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Without any spoilers for anyone yeah. who's never watched the show, how are you getting on with it? Okay, so I'm like balls deep in West Wing now. I'm like uh, episode 75, so I'm like almost halfway through. Right. And so, what ne- season would you be on now? Is I it think season four, th- three or four? Like maybe the beginning of four. What's happening right now? Plot. What's wise? happening right now is basically well, what I wanted to say is like I thought the show was very good from start, but I didn't really get hooked on it until right around the re-election time. Okay, so, so it's now the re-election campaign. Well, it's past re-election, which I don't know if that's a huge spoiler, but... I think you're probably in season four then. Okay, season four. But when they started introducing Bruno, um, I thought the show got really good. And the James Brolin character and that whole thing, I thought was I thought the show yeah. started getting really, really good then. And do you remember you and I had this text conversation where I was like, other than Josh, who's your favorite character? Yes. And I was just assuming, I was just kind of joking around about that, but you said your favorite character is actually Leo. Yeah. Don't get that at all. Really? Yeah, I he love Leo. He does nothing for me. Now, Josh is kind I'd of a I'd love to work for someone like Leo. I mean, he commands ultimate respect. He does, but I don't know. He just doesn't seem <clears throat> all that clever to me. Um, doesn't now, seem all that clever? He just He's the doesn't. president's brain. But but I actually now really, really love the character, the Josh Molina character. You're definitely in season four because Joshua Molina doesn't come into it until okay. season four. And now I love the show and the exchanges between he and Toby and, and just stuff like that I think is fantastic. Do you know the poker connection with Josh Molina? I know he plays poker. He actually is somewhat responsible for the televised poker boom because he was the, one of the creators of Celebrity Poker Showdown. Seriously? Yeah. Was that the one with uh, Phil Gordon doing the uh, Phil Gordon, it was originally Kevin Pollack, and then they switched out with Dave, Dave Foley, Foley yeah. later. And that show is kind of like, you know, some people might snicker at it, but like that show did a lot to bring, I don't know about here in the UK, but in America, it was like one of the first 
poker shows on the air. I mean, it was on cable TV here. I, I've I've seen quite a lot of the episodes. I don't think it had the same impact as it would have done in America. And a lot of the celebrities who competed on it, we didn't have a clue who they were. Yeah, of course. Um, but no, I, I I always I always found those shows quite fun, and I know that. The hardcore and the two plus two community pour scorn on those formats because you're not going to see top level poker. But do you know what I? Turkish. <laughs> you see people enjoying themselves at the Correct. table. Yeah, and that's so, what I like. And it did a lot anyway. So he's and also I was a huge sports night fan, and I assume you must have seen sports night at some point. Yes. Um, and I've it's it's funny because the West Wing is the only show that Aaron Sorkin's done that's had real success. I would say. And all the rest of them are like these insular TV shows. Yeah, some of them I think are deserving of more attention and others maybe you can skip over. Sports Night, I think, is a really solid show. Yeah. The Newsroom has its has its high points. From what I'm finding, I mean, I love Newsroom, but most of my friends hated it. They think it's really stupid. It is pretty stupid at times, to be fair, but it's very watchable. And the points he's making are very valid. I mean, he's basically using it yeah. as, as, as a stage to, to, to grandstand. Um, I never got into Studio 60 at all. I thought the pilot was excellent and it was, it was all downhill from you there. You know, I didn't watch Studio 60. Studio 60 and 30 Rock came out in the same season. They're both behind the scenes of yeah. such comedy show. And I had just started working for about a year or two behind the scenes of a sketch comedy show. And I was like, someone really should make a show about this. And then there and were two, two shows over once. and I was like, fuck you guys. That was my idea. And guess what? Aaron Sorkin's a million times better writer than I am. My career's over. I'm not watching it. But on paper, right? You're thinking you've got an Aaron Sorkin satire and then you've got like a traditional, in inverted commas, 30-minute sitcom. Which one was going to win out, Absolutely. Right? You're going to think 30 Rock's going to be shit and, and Studio 60's going to be awesome. No, scratch that, reverse it. So to this day, I've never seen either one of those, but I will eventually watch 30 Rock because it comes... It's really good. Highly re- I have one more West Wing question for you, though. Yeah, sure. Did they write Rob Lowe out for a particular reason, or is that he was just... Not, he chose to leave. Oh, really? He wasn't written out. He chose to leave the That's series. too bad because I loved his character, and I thought he was great on the show. But I tell you what's interesting is even though, in reality, he was meant to be the star of the show, and bear in mind that the, uh, during the first season... Martin Sheen was only meant to make cameo appearances in like three or four episodes. Yeah. They obviously realized that he was such a huge part of the show. They had to make him. So he doesn't come back. Rob Lowe. Yeah. He's out. Oh, fuck, man. He's gone. I I keep expecting he's out for like four or five episodes. No, no, he's gone. But this is the thing. Even though he was the star of the show, it became such an ensemble piece. And you got to love and know all the other characters so well. Yeah. I don't actually think it affects the show that much. I didn't find myself no, missing him okay. after he gone. I'm sure it's fine. I was just I kept expecting him to come back. And I'll say that like I've seen him on the shows I've seen him in since then. Uh he was in Parks and Rec and he's fantastic. Like I've way I did not realize he was like a good actor until I saw this show. So yes, I'm enjoying the West Wing. I'm glad. I, I also so I kinda I kinda have a girlfriend now. And so I'm like catching up on like movies finally that I have someone who's like we uh, when I described it to you before James I said we have similar pop culture tastes right and she, I asked her if she wanted to watch Casablanca with me now Casablanca you bought for me for my birthday like three years ago uh, I haven't watched it yet and she said yeah yeah and, and she said I'm so excited to finally be dating someone that will watch like old movies with me here we go and so I was like me too this is great so on Sunday we watched Casablanca. Finally! And I will say that 
everything everyone says about it is true. It's fantastic. It's brilliant. It's a great movie. It it just works. It's very simple, but it's it's perfect. And I liked it so much that I immediately I was like, look, I know that you know it's a lot to ask, but like we immediately watched Casablanca two and three <laughs> on the same day. We just, I was like, look, this is great. Like, let's just plow through. You joke, but you know that there were plans. <laughs> I'm sure. Like several decades ago, look, can we do a follow up well, like, with these characters post war? With like maybe Kevin Costner and Julia Roberts. I was gonna say, and like the weird thing is that Casablanca three was made in 1998. I mean, that's just <laughs> it's weird that they would have continued it. So, but yes, no, I thought. I mean, it is it is a perfect movie. It's just as far as perfect. screenplays go, it may be the greatest screenplay ever. Written. Yeah, it's up there. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. And you watched. Uh, you tweeted about Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I've, I. Do you know what I've had on my iPad for like three years? Yeah. Um, the miniseries, so not the actual... The 290-minute, Yeah, the 290-minute, and I've never got around to watching them. And the bizarre thing is, on the flight back from Spain, we're going to talk about that trip a bit later on, I had a, a movie I downloaded from Sky Movies on the, you know, the Sky app that you have where you can like, yeah. download some of the movies. The app just basically shit the bed, and I just could not get it to work. That I'm story like, checks out. That app never worked right to begin So I'm with. like, oh, what am I going to watch? And I remembered, oh, yeah, I, I bought this these Battlestar Galactica shows so I watched them, and they were really good. I thought I watched the first one, and I thought it was really cheesy. I was like, "This is like kind of embarrassing." I actually. think it's it's it, okay. It's it it's a little bit cheesy. It's certainly a network TV show rather than an HBO style show. Yeah, but I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. I just thought the whole thing about him and his son was like so heavy handed. I was just like, oh my God, this is boring. But um, I, what I but couldn't the tell is. The plot itself I liked. Exactly. The story I liked, but I thought, can it sustain this? And Apparently is, it gets better. Well, the, I asked the question on social media and said, is, it, is the, the subsequent TV series good? And virtually everyone came back and said, yes. Some people said that it has its highs and lows, um, but a lot of people whose opinions I respect, including our friend and colleague Nick Welthall, said absolutely. And some of the themes that it explores over the course of its later seasons is definitely worth investing. Well, in. that woman too is a. I know you probably can't agree with me publicly. But no, she no, is I, an absolute knockout. She yes. is just just jaw dropping. Gonna have sex with a robot. That is the robot you would have <laughs> yes. sex with. Uh, I mean, talk- I've had sex with lots of robots, so she would be like <laughs> way top of my range. Uh, talking of social media, and I know that we're going to go into detail. We're going to scrape the barrel of the social media mailbox when we talk about Shark Cage later on. But bit of reaction to last week's show, Joe. Uh, Dave Adams enjoyed it because he particularly enjoyed your chat and the quiz about Westconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. It, you know, the difference between West and East Consin, honestly, once the wall went down, things got a little <laughs> bit better for East Consin. But West Consin is, is sort of the place that we know and love. Uh, Simon <laughs> Baker says, just listen to this week's episode of EPT Not Live. Having James as this week's superfan was brilliant. Second best superfan ever. I'm assuming Simon Baker, not the mentalist, is referring to himself as he is a former superfan on this very show. Um, Of course, it included, Joe, your suggestion for how we could improve televised poker. Yeah, and so where are we with that? I assume, are we just going to go back and revoice all of the shows? Are we going to start with season one? How are we going to do that? Well, I mean, the reaction was, um, there was more than one tweet. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Sam, the Manic Flea, 
So sometimes I wonder what the hell Stapes is on. He was very giggly, and that can't just be the farting. No, it was just the farting. Joe <laughs> finds farting so hilarious, farting he could is, not control himself. It's never not funny. And the way that I had it, like, so the way I got the fart noises for that was with these, like, YouTube tracks where it's just, like, fart sounds, and it's, like, an hour of fart sounds, and I'm just sitting there laughing hysterically, listening to fart sound after fart sound with no video. And Tony Turner Alvarez has three words, actually two if you don't include the and, senna and psyllium. Oh, those are uh, medications for irritable bowel syndrome, I believe. Um, I didn't see any submissions, Joe. Nobody you sent their own in. To send in their own fart tracks. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this idea may be dead. Or maybe it's just so good. That we'll that, have to revisit it maybe 30 years. That you're ahead of your time. I was thinking maybe the next time we're a little short on content, <laughs> I'm probably going to do another fart so, track. I'm, so next week. Then. I'm not going to lie. I could be easily, easily come next week. Uh, James Hardigan, are you ready to uh, to get to it? What do we got? Do we have more tweets? Or are we ready to get to the news? Let's do the news. What's going on in poker today? Now it is time for EPT Not Live News. James, by the way, James sings that live every week. That is not a sting, everybody. That is live in the studio every single time. James, I I have good news slash bad news. And the good news slash bad news is we can say goodbye to this. Happy birthday. Because not poker news, but in regular news, the happy birthday song is now in the public domain. The weird thing is, I don't think many people knew that this was a licensed piece of music. So that's why you very rarely hear Happy Birthday on TV or in movies because someone was making money out of it. Someone turns up at kids' birthday parties and says, $100, please. (laughs) Well, speaking of Sports Night, that was a major plot of one of the episodes where one of the guys just ad-libs the Happy Birthday song and he gets in trouble afterward because he cost the show something like 10, 15 grand for the few bars he sang. But happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, anyone whose birthday it is, we can now sing the song for free. Yeah, I I know we can, because we don't have to pay for it anymore, but listening to that, I don't think we should. All right, fine. Well, when it's someone's birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) So anyway, I thought that was some news worth mentioning. Also, uh... WCOOP is in the news. Yeah, the biggest buy-in online event ever is now in the history books with close to 50 runners in this 50K event. Yeah, 46, I think, was the total number. And so I I didn't... I was was afraid to check up on this too much because I was in America. But apparently you can bet on it. You could have bet on it. The uh, Pokestar Sportsbook. Was uh, was running a book on this very event, and if you were in a market where PokerStars Sportsbook operates, you can do it. Problem is that, like, so you know how it works, like with the client. Like, if so, right now I have like the PokerStars UK client on my computer, yeah. and I was afraid if I tried to sign in from America, it would like make me re-download like the American client where I can't access that stuff, and like I just didn't want to mess with it. I didn't want to screw with it because I like when I'm here in the UK to still be able to look at the stuff online, you know, sure. using my UK client. So I just didn't get too involved with that. So I was basically, and I also didn't want so like when I came when I moved here, right. I got like a very stern letter from, I don't know what department is, PRM or something that was like, do not attempt to access the client unless you're in 
a place where it is legal to do so. And I would never anyway, but I might just sign in just to poke around a little bit. But I was afraid that if I signed in from America, like like the, the Lee Jones red phone was going to go off, like Staples is accessing the client from America. Oh my God. Stapleton is online. Exactly. And so like, I just didn't even want to mess with it. So I don't even know what's happening with that, but I did think it was cool. You could bet on it. Uh, I did some WCOOP streaming. Yes. Adventures in Online Poker. You've done two, right? I've done three, actually. Three? I've I, done three streams. Sorry. I got one more coming up on Saturday, which I know you guys listen to this podcast at weird times, but uh, what is that? September 26th. I got another one coming up, and then I'm doing another stream on the 30th, too, which I think might be the main event. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I got to uh, I got asked to do this Twitch stream, and I was like, look, guys, I I don't mind sitting on Twitch and, like, talking to the audience and, like, calling the action for three and a half slash four hours by myself, but I do think I work better with someone else. Um I don't love doing analysis. I'm not great at it. Like people, some people would say I'm decent at it. <clears throat> I would just prefer not to do it. And so I ran it by the, uh, the poker stars fat cat. And I said, Hey, look, my roommate's a semi-professional poker player. He loves analyzing poker. Can I have him sit on the stream with me? And they were like, yeah, you know what? Let's give him a shot. Let's try him out. So J-Cat, Jesse, he got on the stream. He got on the first one. You found him some work. Found him some work. J-Cat, I have my babies. J-Cat's got his kitties. By the way, I actually received a tweet from the J-Cat. Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, because he didn't like Wet Hot American Summer he either. He said, I was forced to watch it in the middle of the night, and he gave me a virtual high five over the internet for also disliking the movie. He's a stupid idiot. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't like it. I, the thing is, I, 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 get not, I get you not liking it more than I get him not liking it. I mean, it's about a Jewish day camp. Anyway, so, like, he, he should get it. It should speak to him more than anyone. He's my generation, but whatever. Um, one thing we should say about these streams, because this is something a bit strange in the sense that it's a replay of a WQ yes. final table with all the whole cards up, but the people casting, see, I'm using Twitch. The castors. The, ca the, the castors are live. So you're seeing it for the first time as it's replayed and commentating live, even though it's a replay. Yes, and I don't have any control over the replay. The replay happens exactly as it went down, which is why in the second stream, man, a major fuck up is amazing. So the second stream, it's like time to... That's the other thing is like, you know, James, when we do like a show, it's like you got someone counting down. It's like three, two, one, go. And you're like, hello and welcome. And someone else turn, flips the switch. When you're the guy doing everything, you like press and you're like, okay, are we live? Yeah, okay. It looks like we're live. Like, it's like a very... But isn't that part of the charm of Twitch? That I it think is so, yes. Kind of very, very kids broadcasting from their basement type yeah, stuff. Yeah, but it, like it's just a little awkward to start. And so we were supposed to get started and I was talking to the Poker Stars Fat Cat and I was like, hey, look, um, this, the replay's acting funny. Like, it, Can I just can I just interject here? Were you genuinely talking to the Fat Cat or were you talking to Fahan from the social media department? I was talking to Fahan from social okay, media. Okay, I, I, I just don't want to inflate his ego and make him think that he's important. Okay, fine. Uh, no, he's... Well, I mean, to be fair, he holds the purse strings on this project for me, James, <laughs> and he's the one who makes sure I get paid, so to me, he's pretty important. Um... So yeah, so he uh, basically I was like, hey, uh, hey, Farhan, um, this doesn't look right. The replay only had like four seat, four people at the table, and it said take a seat, like the option to like sit down on it. 
And I was like, I don't think this is right. And he's like, no, it takes a few seconds to get warmed up while like the replay populates. And then all of a sudden, um, I see in the chat, the players are talking about, hey, should we take a break? And basically, because the final table started when they were nine-handed. Right. Uh, when they went nine-handed. So that's when the replay started. So then they decide, all the players decide to take like a nighttime break, like a 12-hour break. And so the replay had a fucking 12-hour break in it. <laughs> so we're just sitting there, So and there's no way to fast-forward it. So I could have either done commentary for 12 hours... Yes, I say yes. Entertain the people, Joe Stapleton. That's what they want. Until So because these replays are in real time, like with chat and everything, like I had no choice but to wait 12 hours for it to restart. So I was like, well, kids, looks like I'm getting the day off. And Farhan, obviously, is like, no, 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 no. We'll do something else. So then he starts another replay of a different event. And in this event, as soon as they we watched like one hand, maybe, and then they start talking about a deal. And then in that replay in real life, in real time, there was a fuck up with the deal making software. So they were down for like an hour or two. So then we went to a third event, a Zoom final table that had been played like weeks ago, like one of the first events, and it was over in like an hour and a half. So it was like false start, false start. And like everyone's like, what's happening here? This this stream's labeled wrong. And there's like so many freaking know-it-alls on Twitch. Like everyone just oh, has to Oh, yes. Go. I mean, I, for your third stream, I was in the chat and I could see how many people like to voice their opinions. Exactly. And so, which brings us to the final stream that I've done so far, which was uh, the 50K, the high roller. Actually, before we get to that, so one other thing happened where apparently, you know how sometimes I like to go at it with the trolls on Twitch? Yeah. Like, I just like to, and I, it's fun for me. Like, it's fun. I like to go at it, and I like to call out people when they're being stupid, when they're You're being idiots. You're giving them what they want, Joe. You're giving them attention. I think that... Yeah, I think that when I really when I really wrecked somebody, it's not exactly what they want. Maybe sometimes it is, but it doesn't matter. So from what I understand is now occasionally there'll be some person that goes, boy, you really don't understand how Twitch works. Like some guy in the chat, like you don't get how Twitch works, even though there's like, I don't want to say thousands, but there's hundreds of people in the Twitch who are enjoying it and having a good time. There's always one guy who's like, well, you shouldn't have made fun of me, sir. You don't get how Twitch works. So now what these guys do is they go to Jason Somerville. Jake Harver. They go to Jake Harver and fucking rat on me to Jason Somerville and say, Stapes doesn't know how to deal with Twitch. He gets real upset. Even though I'm not, I'm like doing a bit. And then Jason responds with such things as, well, you got to remember, Stapes is an old man in that respect. <laughs> Which, I wouldn't really mind that constructive criticism if I was as bad at it. But I now, now I kind of want to be like, like I know it's going to make me look like a total pussy, but I want to write to Jason and be like, Jason, just so you know, those people who are complaining about me. Like, there's just like one or two people. Like, I'm really good with the Twitch people. Because I, re I really want Jason Somerville's approval. I don't want him to say I'm an old man in that respect. He's like the fucking... Jason is the man. I might be an old man. Jason is the man. I mean, he's got... He was number two on Twitch overall last I, week. I wouldn't mind. I don't even think you're that much older than him. 
No, I'm not. I don't think I am. Maybe four years older than him. Maybe. And but now I, already you're being written off as irrelevant. So now I'm like getting ratted on by people for shit I didn't even do. And oh god, it's just annoying. Just just so annoying. Anyway, can you guys go tell Jason Somerville that I am good with the Twitch chat? That's all I'm asking. So yeah, so I did this other stream with uh, with Liv and Igor. And so Basically, as per usual, and I'm not going to name any names, Farhan, uh, it's not, it wasn't really that well thought out. And it was like, so you know how it works. You got like your little broadcast. I have my little broadcaster, right? So I'm broadcasting yeah. from my computer at home. And we want to pipe live in. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just, so the way it works on your broadcaster is you tell it which video you want to, to broadcast out. So I told it to broadcast Liv's video from the Skype call from Liv. But as far as I could tell, I couldn't find an option for it to grab the audio coming from Liv. Oh, I see. It was only grabbing her video. And so, and to me, Liv and Igor sounded fine because the audio was fine on her end. But what was happening is the audio was coming through my Skype out of my laptop speakers and back into the external microphone that I had, and then back into my computer and back out through the broadcaster. Oh, my God. I mean, there's rudimentary and there's also just impractical. The problem here is that no one could hear anything they were saying. And you've got Eagle there trying to drop knowledge bombs on the play of high rollers at a final table. And it's just... Right. And so the problem was that I could hear Igor fine. So I didn't know there was a problem until people started telling me. And then eventually what I had to do was take my external microphone, point it directly at my laptop speakers so that it was picking up what I was hearing. Are you proud of him, Giles? He jerry-rigged a solution here. No, Giles is shaking his head. No, he's, not. he's like, he's like just, if he had any hair to pull out of his head, he'd be doing it right now. Uh, so yeah. So we did have some audio problems on that stream, but I will say... Barring those, it was awesome. Uh, commenting on this this record-breaking event, yeah. fifty-one thousand dollars to buy in. There was a deal eventually, um, where everyone's uh, two, the top two players got nearly six hundred thousand, like five ninety-six and five ninety-five. The other guy made the deal for five sixty. Uh, ben Tolerine won the extra twenty k up top, and just to do commentary on an event that was fifty one thousand dollars to buy in was pretty incredible. And also to have Liv and Igor there, Liv obviously is fun and entertaining, and she's a hot grill, so she keeps the the viewership up. We had over two thousand viewers for a lot of it, and then having Igor sitting right next door uh, and giving us top level analysis, it was really the best of all worlds. And the funny part was. They, like, forgot they were on camera a couple times. Uh, you guys didn't hear this. You guys probably didn't notice. Igor f just ripped one. Just ripped a huge fart. So he was on board with your whole idea of providing farts yeah, that's during right. he's poker doing the, he's, he's the only one so far that's done the fart track, that's gotten on board the fart track. And then there was, like, one other time where, like, Liv and Igor kind of forgot, like, we were, like, not just in a conversation. We started talking about, like, what kinds of arguments they get into <laughs> as a couple. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. Um, and then... And then Liv made the mistake. I didn't want to make her feel bad, but Liv made the mistake of like, so when there was a break, I was like, Liv, you stay on camera. I'm just going to run and get a drink real quick. You answer people's questions. And she decided to answer a question on gun control. And then it was just a free for all in the oh, chat no. after that. It was just a total. Politics plus poker equals disaster. Yeah, total disaster, especially on Twitch chat. But anyway, now it I, was a good time. I want to mix things up slightly because I know we're going to go into the lobby a bit later on and talk about EPT Malta. But let's go into the lobby right now and talk WCOOP. Because at the end of last week's show, Joe, you said that WCOOP would be over 
by the time we got together again. Not the case, because of course this weekend, as you well know, because you're going to be involved in the streaming of it, it's the WCOOP final table of the main event. Uh, $5,200 to play. It starts on the 27th of September, which is this coming Sunday, 2.30 in the afternoon Eastern Time. $10 million guaranteed. It's a two-day event. And yes, there will be coverage at twitch.tv slash pokerstars featuring Uncle Daddy Stapes of the eventual final table of this event. Satellites available for this one if you can't afford the $5,200 buy-in. But yes, the World Championship of Online Poker 2015 concludes Sunday the 27th of September with the $10 million guaranteed main event. Event Recap. Event Recap. Hey, all right. Some more casually racist music. I love it. Spanish guitar music. When in Spain, you play Spanish guitar music. By the way, I don't think it's casually racist at all. I think that doing something that's of a country doesn't make it racist. A lot of people like to throw that word around. It's just, no, that it is Spanish music. There's nothing... There's nothing racist about it. James, uh, you seem like you had a, a bit of an adventure. First of all, I was jealous as fuck because um, <laughs> I saw a lot of photos from this thing uh, that looked like it was a great time. It Look, yes, it was, but it was also the words I would use are insanely intense. Okay. It wow. was bloody hard work. Okay. Um you know, we, we we weren't doing our thing, was which is it, why you were there. I'm, I was actually working properly. I was, like, behind the scenes. I was one of the production team on this. It was insanely intense in that it was insanely intense by design or in that it was, like... Circumstance. He- hectic. So this is basically a celebrity shoot with one of the new PokerStars ambassadors, Neymar Jr. That's right. Now, bear in mind, this guy is a full-time footballer. Yeah. We're now into La Liga, which is the Spanish football season. You know, he's meant to be either playing matches or in training at Barcelona FC. So he can only spare very limited time to take part in any kind of activities surrounding poker, which means... So like we're legit in the middle of soccer season for this guy. Absolutely. So we are basically told that from the moment he walks in the door, we've got four hours until he has to be out the door and back in Barcelona, in bed, nice and early, ready for training the next day. Wow. I, You know, his commitment to the club has got to come first. You, you understand that, right? Sure. But we have got to make a TV series with this guy as the star of the show in a four-hour window, which involves... A, a lot of preparation. How but- much of it is he in? Is he in like, is it like Vin- like uh, Vincent D'Onofrio and Lauren or Criminal Intent? Like he's in every scene? Or are you Pretty able to- much. Really? There is, basically it's a series of heads up matches and I'm not going to tell you who won what, but I can tell you who played in these yeah. matches. Neymar played against a celebrity, the celebrity being British actor John Boyega, soon to be seen as Finn in Star Wars Episode Seven: The can Force we just, Awakens. As long as we're talking about things that aren't racist, can we just say he's the black guy from the Star Wars trailer? Yes, okay. he's the black guy from the Star Wars trailer. Thank you. Uh, he <laughs> plays against a Portuguese Victoria's Secret angel called Sarah Sampaio. Did she speak English? Yes, she speaks perfect English. Damn it. And he <laughs> plays against one of his idols, poker pro Andrea Kari. Wow. So Neymar plays three matches. And in addition, the two celebrities, Sarah and John, played against each other. That was the one part, the one scene, if you like. You could have got that done with. We did. So we obviously, that was our first match, which took place before Neymar arrived. But then everything is all Neymar, 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 Neymar. 
So yes, you can do as much preparation and as pl much planning and as much scheduling, but when that actually starts, a lot of it is just fly by the seat of your pants and just cope with every single shitstorm that floats in your general Can direction. Can you give us an example of a shitstorm that happened? Or well, are you allowed to share any of them? Um, you know, obviously you have technical problems as you do on every single TV OB ever. You know, mic batteries need replacing. The main, um, the main variable here is yeah. that the audience, who sometimes were a little bit restless, also wanted some souvenirs from the shoot. Oh, so, are they stealing shit? The audience decided they would help themselves to some of the playing cards and chips on the table, like in the, the middle ones of the room. you need for the game. So obviously, we have to <laughs> we have to send in our dealer and tournament referee, Luca Vivaldi. Luca, one of the senior floor staff on the EPT, an obvious choice to deal the cards, run the game. Luca goes in to protect the table. The audience seem to think that Luca's a bit of a celebrity because people decide. They want selfies with Luca Vivaldi. Luca Vivaldi, he's a handsome man. He I'll is a handsome man, especially now that he's got rid of the ridiculous Joseph-esque beard. Um, but yeah, it was... Obviously, I, until we see what we've got, um, I don't know what kind of TV shows it's going to make, but my gut instinct is we've got some great stuff, and it looked amazing. you got to talk to me. Black dude from Star Wars, what's his deal? Is he all right? Is he cool? Is Absolutely. He, what he talked talk to you about Star Wars? Absolutely awesome, dude, yeah. You want a couple of Star Wars anecdotes? Is it going to spoil the movie in any way for me? No, not okay. at all. I'll give you one, I'll give you one yeah. story because obviously I, I I was intrigued in the fact that, you know, he's this is the calm before the storm for him because at the moment, right. no one really knows who he is. I mean, he could Jake Lloyd and like ever and just never work again. His best known role is in the movie Attack the Block, which bizarrely we saw together yes, in we, Edinburgh yes, a few years ago when we were doing the scoop shows. Um, and he was the lead character in that. He's really not that well known. He is about to become huge. Yeah, probably. And he knows that come December, he has got one of those ridiculous agendas where he is like in 50 countries in 48 days doing all manner of interviews. He knows he's going to be asked probably more than a thousand times, what's your favorite color lightsaber? He's prepared for that. Right. So which is it? Blue? I didn't ask that question. <laughs> Funny enough. When you I was, blew it! When I was on the junket circuit, I'd like to think that I asked better questions than that. Well, what did you ask him? What did he tell you? I just said to him, look, you have already been exposed to probably the most militant fans on the internet. What has that been like? And he says, for the most part, it's been good because he says the fans are very supportive. And it's probably... Uh, in macro, what we deal in micro in the fact that most people are really nice, right? But yeah. there's a few trolls out there. But what he experiences, which I don't think we get. Racism? Is there are some, <laughs> yes, yes. But also some absolute crazies out there who become very obsessed, feel that they know him. Right, right. And create conspiracy theories about how he was created or how he got this role. I'm sorry, I mean, how, not how him as a human being was created? Yeah. The, not the, as the character, how the character was created? No, 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 how, yeah, a combination of the two. Wow. Um, but the one story I, I, he did tell me, as he said, and it's any story which begins, so we're on the Millennium Falcon, right? Ah, God, How chills. many people, chills. how many people? Goosebumps. So we're on the Millennium Falcon, right? And uh, Spoiler, now I know he's on the Millennium Falcon at some point. And he's standing next to Harrison Ford. And he goes, um, well, you know, Harrison, how do you how do you deal with it? And Harrison just turns to him and goes, "Son, your life will never be the same again." <laughs> that's that's Harrison Ford's words of wisdom. That's his advice on how to deal with a situation. That's really not the best advice. I mean, it's cool because Indiana Jones said it, but 
it's not really very helpful, I would say. He's, Sorry to be a dick, he, but... He told me that he had to audition <laughs> for seven months for this role. And all the actors... Can you imagine how many cooks there are in the Star Wars kitchen? Like, it's just going to be insanity. And of course, he's auditioning alongside loads of other young actors who he knows. Samuel L. Jackson, Denzel Washington. <laughs> and they're all in training while they're auditioning. Because by the, the point they cast the role, you've got to be good to go. So all of your Jedi training, your lightsaber training, all of your stuff. Well, you're saying training. he really learns to use the Force for the movie? Like, he just learns how to move shit with his mind? <laughs> like, that kind of training? In terms of choreography <laughs> right. and just being able to, like, you know... Ray look Park like, things, yeah. Look like you know what you're doing, that kind of stuff. Even though you don't know if you're going to get the role, you've still got to do all the training. So talk to me now about, I know, I'm, but this is like, I seriously, I'm jealous in a good way. I was like, you know what I was particularly jealous of? Producer Carrie posting all kinds of photos, posting this and that. I'm like, what a freaking show off. What a, this is annoying. Freaking Carrie's driving me crazy with her photos. This, uh, this Sarah Sampaio, what's, what's she like? What's her deal? Do you think she would like me? She is stunning. Yeah. And a really nice girl to boot. I met her. At, I, I met her at dinner the night before the actual shoot, and was just really uh, double shot, taken in by her as a person and how enthusiastic she was about the actual shoot itself. And she had an absolute blast and was really sad when it was over. She actually wanted to play more poker. Well, she said, "Was well, she was sad she didn't meet me? Was that did I come up at all in conversation or no. just you didn't show her a picture or no. just even a yeah? Your name was never mentioned." Okay once see how, see how the commentary goes hey am i doing commentary on this eventually <laughs> i don't even know i as i said i it's very much know. it's very much suck it and see we don't know what format it's going to take whether it's going to be short form long form how much suck commentary it it needs. is that a david cameron joke <laughs> no it's a general expression used for make it up as you go along okay fine um but yeah and after the event there was a you know obviously everyone was hanging out at the casino afterwards and it was really annoying because I had to head back to Barcelona the next day. Peralada, where the shoot took place, is about 170 kilometers from Barcelona. So I had to hire a car. Perineum. More on that in a moment. And I had to drive back the next morning. So I couldn't really drink that much the night before. Yeah. And also I needed to get to bed at a decent time. So also I missed, you're married. I missed out. <laughs> no, I missed out on the poker game. Like Neymar, Andre, Fatima de Melo, Felipe Ramos, Sarah Sampaio, loads of the cast and crew Aww. had a poker game at the casino, like a 20 euro um, two table sit and go. And I didn't get to play in it. Well, neither did I. So suck it and see. <laughs> but yes, uh, on arriving in Barcelona, I had to rent a car to drive to Paralada. And I know that I tweeted quite angrily about this at the time. We've, we've talked about this before. It's like when you go rent a car, they don't want to give you the car. Dude. Like, even if you have never, a reservation, I've like, rented cars in France, in Italy. I've never rented a car in Spain. I thought it'd be pretty similar. It was a fucking ball ache of the highest order. So normally, <laughs> you go to the desk right in the airport terminal. Yeah, they go. They get your booking. Reference. Takes like forty minutes, but they finally sure, send right? you to where the car is. So they're basically right. Okay, um, check your passport. Check driving license. Uh, yeah, here's your booking. Right. Okay, here's a ticket. Now you need to go to the car park. Wait outside the office. Don't go into the office until your number appears on a screen and then you can pick up your car. It's like being at the fucking deli counter in a supermarket. You're standing in a line with a numbered ticket waiting to be seen. But it's more like a doctor's office because you've already fucking waited once, right? And what's, bear in mind that unlike the UK, where at the moment it's pissing down with rain and 10 degrees, in Barcelona right now it's close to 29 degrees 
and the sun is shining. It's the middle of the afternoon. I'm in a multi-story car park, which is so hot, and I'm not allowed to step in to the car rental agency office, which is air-conditioned, until my fucking number's called. So then what? 30 minutes of waiting. Yeah. Finally, Wait, you waited for 30 minutes after dude, you went through all the other people stuff? People are sweating and swearing and complaining. They've got two people manning six counters and a queue of flights have landed from European destinations, from American destinations. There's loads of people They're wanting to rent a car, up, right? standing there with their tickets, and each person is taking a good 20 to 30 minutes at the desk. Now, now here's the thing. This, <clears throat> I, I, I don't like to play this card all the time because it does garner some hate however one of my huge issues with europe versus america is that in america when this is happening the people are busting their asses and they're running around like crazy trying to get people joe we're in spain okay so they're not doing that no they don't give an f no all right eventually my number gets called go to the desk have to go through the same process that i went through in the terminal no id blah 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 uh but some good news yeah. Every clown has a silver lining. You got upgraded. Mr. Hartigan, you're going to get upgraded. Would you like to upgrade to Prius? <laughs> Not an offer. I'm being told that I've been upgraded okay. because I was meant to have uh, an Audi A3 Sportback and I was actually quite happy about this because it's cool. exactly the same car I drive in London. And when driving on foreign roads, it's nice to have some familiarity. Plus, it says built-in sat-nav. And again, I've never driven in a foreign country on my own before. Ah, I've normally okay. had someone like navigating for right, me. Right, so another least... set of eyes that you can just sort exactly. of be like... And if it's built-in sat-nav, I know the sat-nav system in this car, always going to be fine and dandy. You've been upgraded. To a fucking Skoda! How is a Skoda an upgrade from an Audi? Uh, isn't a Skoda a brand of chewing tobacco? No, it is. Uh, ironically, it's it's effectively the same group. Volkswagen Group, who are getting a certain amount of negative publicity right now. Make Volkswagen, Audi, Seat, and Skoda. It's effectively an Audi or a Volkswagen with a different shell. The shell being, it's a crossover, a mini SUV. It's the Skoda Yeti. It's as ugly as fuck. It's not as nice as an Audi A3. I know, because I drive one. Anywho, so I get finally get the car. I'm like, I don't care. I really don't care. Let's just get on the road. There's no sat-nav. So now, oh, man. I have to go back to the bloody office, and I'm like, screw the you ticket decide, system. You don't just use your phone? I don't care that... Dude, you can't run... The, the roaming data charges on running sat-nav on a phone in Spain. Doesn't the company pay for your data? No. They don't? Not abroad. Anyway, go back to the office. Does a man pay? Sorry. Go back to the office. <laughs> can't be bothered with the whole ticketing thing. Just bust in, bust in front of the line. Yeah. And she's like, oh, so I have to wait for it to finish serving American dude, who I feel really sorry for, because this guy is sweating profusely and has been waiting for just as long Place as I Place is American, have. so he's probably huge, right? He is huge, yeah. And he's also really, really angry with the level of service, understandably. So then I get the Garmin, the one that you have to stick onto the counter, which never sticks properly nah. because it's been used 101 times. And I remembered, remember the Garmin we had in Miami, which hadn't been calibrated properly? Yeah. So I make sure... And I take it to the office. I said, please make sure this is calibrated. And please, can you input this address? This is where I'm going. And they're looking. Okay, so that's the road number. Blah, 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 Girona. There you go. It's good to go. All's good. Leave the multi-story car park. Get onto the motorway. Driving happily. Oh, they said it was going to be like an hour and 40 minutes to two hours. This is saying I'll be there in an hour and 10. Awesome. Uh, Motor no, of the way. No, 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 no. Did they input the address correctly? Did 
They fuck. They sent me to the right road name in the wrong town, a town that was 40 minutes away. So, of course, my sat-nav is telling me, you have reached your destination. I chose James, the polite British voice on the sat-nav system. <laughs> was it your own voice? It wasn't me. Oh, God, I wish I got a gig that like that. That amazing. It's just your own voice you telling you You have reached your go? destination. No, I haven't, because this looks so wrong. So now, of course, I pull over. I'm calling. I'm saying, guys, I, I can't find it. Realize what's happened. Find a way of translating this sat-nav menu into English. Right. Now input the address. Realize I've gone wrong and realize I'm 40 minutes away. And then finally, going through several toll roads and cornfields, arrive at my destination in my upgrade Skoda Yeti. That's a, that's a bit of a nightmare. That's a bit of a nightmare road trip. I don't know if it was a bigger nightmare for, though, you or, or the people that have to listen to it. Like, this is this is you calm down. I can only imagine, like, when James got to the studio, they were like, uh, James, we only have Neymar for four hours, so you're going to have to stop telling this car rental story. <laughs> the awful thing is that you should take it out on the staff at the rental car office, but instead I took it out on my colleagues. So apologies, colleagues, those of you who listen to this podcast, and this is a great way of checking who in the office listens to EPC Not Live, because I'll know, did they get this apology or not? And if they didn't, apology retracted. Wow, that seems like it almost shouldn't count at all <laughs> as an apology. TV Recap. So we're going to do things a little differently this week. We're going to clear out the social media mailbox... Yeah, I got some tweets in reaction to this week's show, which is Shark Cage Episode 2, the second half of Heat Number 1. But we've also got some more general observations and general questions about Shark Cage, which you can watch right now, assuming you're not in the UK and Ireland, at youtube.com slash pokestars. If you are in the UK and Ireland, it's on Channel 4 on Tuesday nights, and you can catch up on all four. Uh, so, Varun... Varun can be a bit nittish, but he actually has a valid question this week. What is it? God damn it, what is it? Go. He should just go play in the spelling bee and leave us alone. Well, last week, Joe, you asked me what's different for season two, and I ignored a very important detail. Varun says, only six heats of Shark Cage in season two. I remember there were eight in season one and an eight-handed final table, and Varun is absolutely right. For season two, we've kept it six max throughout, three heats at the PCA, Three heats in Monaco, a six-seater final table. So thank you, Varun, for pointing that one out. Then at the weekend, I received a, uh, a tweet from a Gilad Tiefenbrun. <laughs> well, actually, you received the tweet, and I no- noticed it on the hashtag Shark Cage timeline because it was sent to at Stapes. By the way, <laughs> just going to throw this out here, people. If you have questions about Pokestars TV and online programming... <laughs> Do not send them at Stapes. At best, you'll get a flippant <laughs> response, but 99% of the time, your tweet will not even be acknowledged. I just don't answer. If it's something that you can Google, I don't answer. Like, what the what the hell are you doing? So choose which member of the on-air team you want to direct your question at very carefully. Especially, here. here's a good example as to why. Do you want to deal with Mommy or do you want to deal with Daddy? With so Uncle Daddy? <laughs> Gilad says, once again, Shark Cage suffers from ill-defined rules. Tighten up the format or stick to the EPT. Is it just me? So obviously, I felt that we needed more information. So I said, define ill-defined. What exactly are we talking about here? Gilad's response. Well, this week, there was a bluff on the river that wasn't. And in the first series, there was a value bet that wasn't. Okay, so let's address the first thing. 
Well, it's not an issue with the rules here. The qualifier, Johanna, as we discussed on last week's podcast, misread the board, thought a hand was no good, and turned it into a bluff. It made for a comedic moment, but in terms of issuing a penalty or the rule book being thrown at her, come on. She's made an honest mistake. She's not a professional poker player. Let's cut her some slack. It was, yeah, it was at an angle, and the mistake hurt, hurt. A mistake like that could potentially hurt you. You don't need a rule in place to hurt you as well. So, Gilad's follow up question which is more valid? How about when claiming a really poor hand is a value bet to avoid the cage? There were some players, Olashemian, who in season one did angle shoot in this way, so we addressed it for season two and we made a rule change. Uh, so I responded to Gilad saying that the rule change for season two was if the tournament director suspects intentional abuse of the bluff value cards, then a penalty can be issued. Therefore, what you won't see in season two of Shark Cage is anyone doing what Olashemian may or may not have done in season one. That's hot. So Gilad responds, good stuff. Really appreciate you taking the time to explain. You've made my Saturday. Keep doing what you're doing. Now, unfortunately, I woke up and only read the first tweet from Galad, which again said, at Stapes, Shark Cage suffers from ill-defined rules. Tighten up the format or stick to the EPT. Is it just me? So here's how Joe responds. Not personally to Gilad. Oh, no, no, no. He quotes his tweet <laughs> and to his 30,000 followers says, how are they ill-defined? Anyone ever act out of turn in your game? Are those rules ill-defined? It's mostly you. Now, to be fair, I'm right. I approach things a little bit differently than you did. But I just don't... Look, I give you a lot of credit, James, for answering the way you did because I just didn't like the tone. Like, if he had said... Now, to be fair, if he had asked in a reasonable tone, I just wouldn't have answered him. Yeah, but <laughs> if you know there's one thing I love more than anything else, it's proving that I'm right about Crushing something. dissent on the internet yes. is what we used to call it on my and old show. As we say, if you're going to be a smart ass, if you're going to be a know-it-all, you've got to be right. So here comes a guy who says they're ill-defined. All I have to do is prove that they are defined. Now, granted, we don't necessarily make every single rule like paragraph 26, section 3, clear to the viewing audience. Because you know why? It's boring. But the the rules are there for the players and will be referred to when they're relevant. Uh, talking of people, by the way, thinking that they're right or being smart. Artists, but to me, hold on, before we get to that, I mean, I, I was I also had a point, though. Him saying that the rules weren't clearly defined was incorrect. Well, I think, and again, it's the limitation maybe of only having 140 characters. I think he's saying the rules aren't clearly defined to the audience. And maybe that's true. Sure. Either way, okay. he got, look, he got a response from both of us. What more can any man that's want? That's right. Uh, but Happy Scott, birthday, but Scott which we Campbell. can now sing to you. Happy birthday. I, st I still like the royalty-free one. But Scott Campbell uh, tweeted ahead of the latest episode airing. I'm assuming George Danza wins tonight as he's a guest on your podcast. Oh, has oh man. Has Stapes given it away again? Oh, man. What is the number one rule of being a know-it-all, James Hardigan? As I tweeted at Scott this morning, I waited. I didn't want to talk to respond to him last night. I waited till the show had gone out and responded, never assume anything the number one rule of being a know-it-all is be fucking right you fucking know-it-all so shark cage episode two now out there on the pokestars youtube channel ian james particularly enjoyed one of your jokes about george danza that is the fifth hardest any german has ever laughed 
And that for him was the laugh out loud comment of the week. I actually, I so I went through and watched the shows, uh, both the Heat one uh, first half and second half together with Jesse before I left uh, to get on the plane yesterday. And uh, I actually, me and Jesse, I don't laugh. At, I look, I laugh at my own jokes all the time. I don't really. <laughs> Story checks out. I don't really laugh at them that often. And that one I laughed at so hard. I was like, okay, I think that one's going on the reel. Because I'm in the middle of like making a new reel for myself. So I actually did make a note. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, James Watts caught up with the show on all four in the UK. Says it's good seeing the best Daniel Negreanu going through to the final. Yes, spoiler alert. Daniel Negreanu takes the first seat at the final table. I don't want to end on a negative, so let's deal with Scott first. This guy makes me laugh because, look, I don't mind if you don't like the show. That's fine. But you know what? Don't watch it. Oh, good for you. This guy, for two weeks running has tweeted oh, yeah. negative <laughs> shit about the show. And it's like, well, Scott, you're still watching. Yeah, I don't get You know, James, the, the best me and James can do, buddy, let's send him a basket of apology kittens. There you go, Scott. We're sorry you don't like the show. We're sorry you're a fucking idiot and watch every week regardless, even though you don't like it. Oh, man, do I, do I hate Coca-Cola, but I'm going to drink it every day, but I, frick, I don't really like this stuff. So as I said, I want to end on a positive. So Alex Woodward, at Alex J. Woodward 1 tweets, Shark Cage is a great way to finish the day. And I like the fact that it rhymes. So James, I mentioned that uh, that I watched both heats with uh, with J-Cat, with J-Cat and the kittens. And uh, I thought that uh, a fun way for us to recap the show was would be for us to play a little game. You want to play a game? I love playing your games, this, he said, <laughs> genuinely. He said because he had to. Uh, I'm going to call this game, this game's called What Didn't Jesse Say? So basically, I recorded all of the comments Jesse made throughout the show. Now, and, I've, um, I've met Jesse once, and I've heard a few anecdotes, so I'm tr- I've am i got to try and step into the mind of the J-Cat here. Exactly. So- Based on very limited information. So regarding the stylized opening shots of everyone standing inside the shark cage that yeah. Bruce Baggles does so well, did he say, now there's, there's I'm going to read you three phrases, three comments that he may or may not have made. One of them he did not say. Okay, so two are true. One is false. What, what didn't Jesse say? Did he say it looked like an ad for the world's worst nightclub? Did he say it looked like an album cover for a boy band? Or did he say it was the least intimidating jail cell ever? I'm going to guess that Jesse didn't say it was like an album cover for a boy band. That is incorrect. He didn't say it was the least intimidating jail cell ever. Regarding qualifier Johanna, what didn't Jesse say? Did he not say, I am Gypsy? (laughs) I'm sorry, he said... He would have said it more like this. I am Gypsy. Did he not say, bring me wine? Or did he not say, she's no flounder? I hope he didn't say, I am Gypsy. Incorrect. Oh, dear. I am Gypsy was the first thing he used to describe Johanna. Regarding eventual spoiler alert alert, winner Daniel Negreanu, what didn't Jesse say? Does Daniel finally come out in this episode? Daniel's pulling his awkward accent routine again. The Illuminati that makes Daniel win everything said for that card to hit the river. 
He didn't say, does Daniel finally come out in this episode? James Hardigan, you are finally on the board. Yes! I noticed, actually, watching the show again, that Daniel does pull his awkward accent routine when talking to George Stanza. It's I didn't, unbelievable. He did it to Johanna also, and I didn't yeah. notice it till I watched it with Jesse. Regarding celebrity golf pro guest Sergio Garcia, did he say, can I please put the driver down? This guy barely speaks English or is the least funny person of all time. Or what didn't Jesse say? Sorry. Asking a golfer what his favorite club is like asking a poker player what his favorite hand is. I hope he didn't dismiss the legend that is Sergio Garcia as a guy who barely speaks English or is the least funny person of all time. Correct. He did find it hilarious that that Frank, that uh, Bruce Baggles made him uh, hold the driver in his specialty <laughs> shots. He's like, oh God. He's like, please, can I p- please not hold a driver for once? Sergio, swing the club towards a shark. So does, does he bring that club? Like, where'd that club come from? I'm assuming Sergio would have brought his clubs with him because there is a golf course, right, on Paradise Island? Oh, so they asked him to bring it to the shoot? Yes. Okay. Because I was like, is Bruce Baggles kind of like one of those like baby photographers that like keeps a bunch of props around in case he needs to make the baby laugh? I believe that the football that Ronaldo kicked in the PCA TV shows and will kick when he appears on Shark Cage is not actually Ronaldo's own football. Unlike Sergio Garcia, Ronaldo does not fly around the world with a sporting prop. (laughs) All right, we got two more of these left to recap the show. What didn't Jesse say as players were leaving the cage? Don't forget about Mouseville. There's no such place. Anybody drop the soap? I'm Muslim now. I don't even understand the third one, so I'm going to say he didn't say it. Incorrect. That's actually something that happens a lot in American prisons where uh, guys come out of jail oh, I see. having found the Islamic faith. And apparently the first one was uh, a, a Green Mile reference. Don't forget about Mouseville. There's no such place. Many years since I saw that movie. I like that movie, by the way. It was all right, but ultimately pretty forgettable. And regarding our upcoming guest, George Danzer, what didn't Jesse say about George Danzer? He looks like a troll doll. (laughs) If I was playing against that guy, I would call every bet ever. He looks like a crazy person. His hair looks like it was made in a Play-Doh factory. I think it's the second one that he would call every bet ever. That is incorrect. Oh. The made-up one was his hair. It looks like it was made in a Play-Doh factory. Yeah, see, that's a that's a. I should have sniffed that one out. It's a classic Stapleton one-liner. <laughs> anyway, that was the absolute first thing he said about George Danzer. It's he, more Mr. Whippy than Play-Doh, I think. Yeah, I, I knew Play-Doh probably wasn't a thing over here. But no, it I, is. It oh, is. is it? Okay. But I'm just thinking in terms of uh, shape and texture it looks like it's come out it of one does, of those uh, it does look like an ice cream cone i see what you're saying now yeah he says he looks like a troll doll that was his first comment <laughs> about george danzer so i guess without further ado let's bring on the troll doll runner up in shirt cage season two heat one hold me closer georgie danzer good morning what condition is your hair in right now what does it wake up looking like <laughs> it's it looks a little bit like a rat. It looks a little bit like a rat. Would you say that's an improvement upon how it usually looks? There was a comment. I don't know if you watched the latest episode of Shark Cage, but I said that your haircut looks painful, and it does. Like, it looks like it hurts. No, it, it's uh, supposed to, to hurt the opponent a little bit, but 
Yeah, so I know you've talked about your haircut plenty, but I think it's worth going over again because I watched the show with my roommate, and he said to me, if I was playing poker against that guy, I would take one look at that hair and probably call every bet of his ever. <laughs> yeah, the goal of the hairstyle is to make it easier to play against the opponents because you get the clear reaction of them, like your roommate. If uh, some people are not folding anything against me, some people don't three-bet me because they think I'm always going to four-bet, you get a clear reaction of the opponent if you have a, um, such a crass uh, style. Uh, it, it works fine. So this is an extension of what James Dempsey did at the World Series a few years ago where he wore an Italian soccer jersey so that people would think he was a crazy Italian. Your hair is meant to make people think that you're just some Euro loon. Yes, it has different reactions, but it makes them um, more distinct. Uh, the, the opponent thinks in a certain way. It might vary depending on the opponent, how they react to it, but you're getting a reaction. And that's always good to get the reaction of the opponent, because then you can adapt to that reaction and you, you have an advantage. But here's the bizarre thing, right? You're George Danzer. You're one of the best-known players in Germany. You're a sponsored pro for PokerStars. You've been on various TV shows, including the World Series of Poker in the States. Doesn't everyone know who you are and they're not going to be fooled by a silly haircut? <laughs> When you're sitting at the table and, uh, and you're looking the opponent in the eye, it's always different. Of course, you know how, how um, the known players have seen them on TV. You might know a little bit of the playing style. But when you're sitting across from them, just it's uh, 50 centimeters or maybe a meter, and, and, and look them in the eye, then uh, it all goes out the door. So, and you, you're going to be uh, impressed or, or you're going to... Or not impressed, but it's going to change your, your attitude towards that player. James, it's like Snake's hair from that episode of The Simpsons. I mean, the hair is that powerful that even <laughs> if you know who George is, you're still it's still going to make you behave the way the hair wants you to behave. Sadly, it wasn't powerful enough to overcome the hair of Daniel Negreanu, which may <laughs> or may not be his own. Yeah, that uh, that's true. You, you, I couldn't overcome that uh, that river card there. <laughs> yeah, Georgie, how did that feel to lose to that freaking luck box, Daniel Negreanu? It seemed like uh, you might have been a little tilted. I actually was a little bit tilted. That doesn't happen too often. But in, in that situation, I think you probably... Uh, could have seen it in the in the in the coverage that I was really pissed when I got up from that table um, after having having him close to that and then he came back and and still took it from me. So yes, I was a little bit tilted. Now, of course, the you know the the shark cage is a free roll for you guys, right? That you paid nothing to buy in. Do you think it was there was more pressure on you to like sort of work? work the shark cage for the for the EV that it could have provided for the ROI? Were you more tilted being that it was a free roll or would you have been more tilted had you paid money to enter? Hmm, that's a good question. I usually I don't think about that when I go into a tournament because I just I sit down at the tail and I want to play my best and it's just adapting the strategy to the situation that that you have. So I think it was exactly the same pressure if I would have bought in myself after you bust out it's easier to say ah it was a free roll don't worry and then I get a burger and I'm not tilted anymore a little bit quicker when it was a free roll but during the play it's the same you just want to play the best mm, 
burgers. Well, actually, speaking of burgers, Daniel mentioned in uh, one of the features that you guys went out to dinner together, and I, I just can't possibly picture that scene. <laughs> Did you two actually go out to dinner? We actually went out to dinner, yeah. We had a, a, a team dinner. But, um, ah, so it's one of those dinners that you have to be at. It's like a three-line web. All team pros will attend and will bond. No, no, it's on a, it's on a, uh, you, you, you can go. You don't have to go. But it wasn't just you and Daniel, like, going out to Nobu together. No, but that happens. That happens, too. We had a couple of dinners last year together, and it was always nice fun. What do you we guys talk out. about? What do you and Daniel talk about at dinner? Mm-hmm. We mostly it depends on the on the people we are uh, on dinner um, with. Um, usually, there is somebody who wants to to play a game or something. So when we went out in Australia with um, with with a magician with Antonio, we always play a lot of things or something like that because they they always want to play games. And uh, if we just uh, have time to talk about stuff. It might be some small talk, but sometimes it's even a little bit of uh, politics. Or Daniel likes to to help people out with mental stuff: how to prepare for tournaments, how to be, uh, how to get yourself um, in a in a nice uh, mood to play and stuff like that. So how Daniel, to lose to him heads up? Is that what he helped you with mentally? Before Shark Cage, he can rub it in a little bit too, but mostly it's just uh, he he tells uh, tells us how he approaches life and how he approaches poker and gives us uh, nice tips. Do you think that approaching poker from a mental standpoint, the way Daniel is, do you think that's good for poker or that's bad for poker? You mean good for? The growth of poker? Yeah, it's good for the growth of poker. I find that and no matter what comes up in the poker world, we always have to have this discussion. Is it good for poker? Is it bad for poker? George Danza's hair. Good for poker, bad for poker. Exactly. That's so, good for poker. And I think uh, Daniel's approach is good for poker. He makes it more entertaining for people to watch, and that's always good for poker. Well, George Danzer, I was hoping that you could uh, do us a favor... And uh, I've come up with a bunch of topics here, and I want to know what George Danzer thinks. Are the following things good for poker or bad for poker? It's a simple answer. You ready? You can expound if you like, but if you just want to say whether it's good or bad for poker, that's all we need. Are you ready? Okay, let's do it. Okay. Climate change deniers, good for poker or bad for poker? Bad for poker. Andy Samberg's performance hosting the 2015 Primetime Emmy Awards, good for poker or bad for poker? I have no idea. I didn't watch it. Wow. George Danger, not a very... Aren't you ambassador? <laughs> aren't you European poker ambassador? You need to come... You need to have these answers ready, George. <laughs> How much TV do I have to watch as an ambassador? You just have to watch the 2015 Primetime Emmy Awards. Okay, next one up for grabs here. M. Night Shyamalan, good for poker or bad for poker? What? <laughs> this is an easy one. Um, absolutely his films are so terrible it puts people off going to the cinema (laughs) so they stay at home and play poker instead all right george this one should be easy enough to answer gluten good for poker or bad for poker Um, they say it's bad for poker yeah that is absolutely correct gluten is bad for poker uh selfie sticks good for poker or bad for poker good for poker correct 
Pig gate. Pig gate here in the UK. Good for poker or bad for poker? <laughs> Neutral. Neutral. Oh, I don't know about that one. That's going to be controversial. The Roman numeral seven. Good for poker or bad for poker? Good for poker. Correct. We love the number seven here in poker. How about the new eye pencil? Good for poker or bad for poker? Bad for poker. Oh, do you have a reason on that one? People are going to have a pencil in their hand when they're sitting on the on the on the poker table with their pets, and they're going to be drawing stuff instead of just watching Netflix. Correct. How about the delicious KFC zinger? Good for poker or bad for poker? Bad for poker. The cards are gonna be all fatty. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want the jack of spades bounding around out there. And finally, George Danzer, Tinder. Is Tinder good for poker or bad for poker? What's Tinder? What is Tinder? Are you just saying that because you have a girlfriend? Not just any girlfriend. George has a super hot girlfriend. He doesn't <laughs> need to know about Tinder. We love George's girlfriend. If I if I could just close this out by saying George Danzer's girlfriend, good for poker. <laughs> <laughs> George, before we let you go, one very important question. Our executive producer wants to know, are you a fan of Star Trek? Not really a fan. I watch enough Star Trek, but... Oh, that's uh, going to be so disappointing. She was really intrigued to know your thoughts on the whole time travel plot from Star Trek Episode Four: The Voyage Home. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't have... Not a real Trekkie. Okay, well, never mind. Uh, thank you for talking Shark Cage. Thank you for playing Joe's game. Always a pleasure, George Danza. Thank you for having me. Well, let's go back into the lobby. More shilling for the thrilling. Yes, play on poker stars. We talked about <laughs> the W Coop this weekend. Why not, if you're trying to satellite into the W Coop main event on Sunday, the 27th of September, also try and satellite into the EPT Malta main event, the Malta Festival being the second leg of season 12 of the European Poker Tour. Uh, qualifiers running all the time, and I notice Joe looking in said lobby. Qualifies for Prague, also running now oh, as well. Oh, hello. Yeah, so many satellites available, plus satellites into satellites, just to pick out one at random. On Sunday the 27th, when the WCOOP main event is taking place at 5 past 4 Eastern, there is a 109 euro rebuy qualifier with one seat guaranteed, which could win you entry into the 5K EPT Malta main event, and you can satellite into that satellite for as little as one euro and 11 euro cents. Who can't afford that? One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. Zavi, buddy, welcome to the show. Hey, man, first of all, I got to remind everyone out there that Zavi is the fella that showed up to EPT Barcelona this year with my brand new Hello My Babies t-shirt. And I have to thank you for that. You, my friend, are in the Stapes Superfan category. Zavi, you've been coming out to Barcelona for years to see me. Why don't we tell everybody, what is it that you do for your, what's your day job? Are you a poker player? Hi, Johnny. Hi, guys. Hi, Zavi. Hey. Uh, well, uh, I'm I'm an, um, a web developer. The web developer. Oh, then I am nervous. 
It's okay, Zavi. Don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. He's nervous and he's speaking a language, a foreign tongue. I think he's actually mildly in shock because it's finally dawned on them that, oh my God, I am a Stape superfan. What am I doing with my life? Do you regret being a Stape superfan? Is that is that part of the problem, Zavi? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. Zavi, you say you're a web developer? Yeah. And you're looking for a new job? Well, uh, I, I'm always listening for new jobs. Well, I Why just not? want to put it out there. You've been so kind to me and so nice to me. If anybody out there listening, especially in Spain, wants to offer Zavi a new job, I can I can vouch for the fact that he can be very passionate. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Zavi, <laughs> what is your specialty uh, subject that you're going to try to challenge Stapes in? Well, uh, the New England Patriots. Oh, boy. And Joe, as we know, is a huge fan of the New England Patriots. You're a big fan of all New England-based sports teams. I love, I, there's one thing I love, it's sports. And there's one thing I love more than sports, it's Boston teams. <laughs> okay. I think you definitely have the advantage here, Zavi. Now, I was a little bit lazy because being an NFL fan, I could have done this myself. But once again, I outsourced the compilation of the questions to a retired person. My father. A retarded person? That's retired, not nice. Oh, retired. retired. Okay. No, my dad is still reasonably compass mentis. Uh I told him on Monday, I said, I said, Dad, I can help out. I need some uh, I need some questions for, for the podcast about the New England Patriots. I'm really busy today. When do you need them by? <laughs> uh, Thursday, Thursday morning. Okay, okay. Within two hours, I had all nine <laughs> questions. <laughs> Uh, aren't parents the best when you can start giving them little chores? What was your, what, what was your dad busy doing? Like, what what could he possibly have been busy? Sports betting, Joe. Yeah, That's all exactly. he does is bet on sports. And now, whine about the fact that because he's my dad, he's not allowed to play on PokerStars anymore. We are going to be a little. Uh, we're going to be a little um, kind to Zavi because Zavi English is not his first language. So we're gonna we're gonna make sure that he understands all the questions. Zavi, we appreciate you being on the show. Just let me say that. And of course, Zavi, you have already locked up the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. That is guaranteed. Oh, good for okay. you. So it's a kind of a t-shirt trade. You made a, a t-shirt for Stapes. We're going to give you one of the t-shirts that we helped design as well. Uh, but you are playing for a tournament ticket here should you get more questions right than Joe Stapleton. So I've got some, I've got some playing cards here. I'm just going to shuffle who gets what question. And I'm going to open the sealed envelope which contains the questions about Bill Belichick's New England Patriots. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Bill Belichick, no. <laughs> wait, so Zavi, really quick, how do you feel about that? Now, I like you very much. You're a good kid, but the Patriots, I mean, they're they're cheaters. Well, you don't you don't think they cheat? Uh, no, not cheaters. I, are... I, think, I think that, 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 that they are a fair play. They're this fair, time, they're fair with, players. With a split play. gate! Deflate gate. The spy gate. I understand. Okay, yeah. uh, they are trading. Yay! The, correct. Okay, he's up one the, to nothing. The deflate gate. No, not, not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I don't believe that they are cheaters. Well, All right, Zavi. The, to be fair, like a, a, a federal judge agreed with him. Uh, let's get the game going then. And uh, Zavi, as the guest, as the super fan, you can go first here, and you have drawn. Question number six. Question number six is, who did Tom Brady replace at quarterback in 2001? Oh, um... Who was Tom Brady's predecessor? Who was the quarterback for the Patriots before Tom Brady? I... Uh, I don't remember. 
Joe, you can steal for a point. Cheat, cheat so. No, the answer was Drew Bledsoe. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. Dang. Okay, Joe. It's Are your... you sure I could have sworn it was cheat, cheat so? Here's your question. Here's your question. Uh, it's the ace of hearts. That means you get That's question number one. That's probably unfair to Drew Bledsoe, by the way. I should only refer to the cheating during the Brady era. What was the original name of the New England Patriots? That would be the Boston Patriots. Correct. For a point. Wow. Joe is on the board. Zavi, let's see if you can get on the board with question number four. What year did the Patriots franchise start? And if you're close, I'll give it to you. On 1960. You're only one year out, so I'm going to give it to you. 1959 was the answer, so it's one point each. Nice one, Zavi. Joe, you get question number seven. Are you sure it wasn't 19 Cheatree 9? Who was the first Patriot elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? That would have been Cheaty McCheaterson. Incorrect. Zavi, do you happen to know? Um, John Hanna? It was John Hanna. Wow, John Hanna. Wait, isn't he the guy that does all the animal acts on TV? That was back in 1991. Not the animal acts, his induction into the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. So it's 2-1 to Zavi, and it's Zavi's question, which is question five. What do the Patriots' first three Super Bowl wins have in common? And it's something to do with the scoreline in those games. They, uh, they win by, by a field goal. Correct. Are you they, sure it wasn't won. they won by cheating in all of them? No, they won by three oh, points. Oh, sorry. <laughs> to be fair, if you think about Spygate, karma bit them in the ass because that was the year where they were meant to have the perfect season and then the Giants got it in the dying was, seconds. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the only team I have any allegiance toward whatsoever in the NFL is the Giants. And that was like one of the greatest days ever to see the t team I slightly care about destroy the team I freaking hate. <laughs> the score is 3-1 to Zavi. Uh, Joe, your penultimate question is question number two. How many Super Bowls have the Patriots appeared in? How many have they appeared in? You would have been an easier question would have been how many have they cheated in? And then I could have said 100%. <laughs> but let's go for appearances. Let's say four. That's how many they've won. How many have they appeared in, Zavi? They won uh, four, but, but I, they have appeared eight. Correct. Zavi is up. He really one. is a Patriots super fan. This isn't. I thought this might have been another one of those situations where somebody picks something and then they like, don't really know that much about it. But kid, kid knows his stuff. What we should have done is given him a quiz on me. <laughs> oh, how many birthmarks does Steve have? <laughs> there's, there's enough about you on this podcast. Yeah, that's probably true. Question number three. So this is your final question, Zavi. Uh, spoiler alert: You've won the game. How what? How many times have the Patriots won the AFC Championship? Oh, it's got to be pretty eight. Now this is a weird one. I should have thought about this because bear in mind these questions were outsourced. My dad tells me it's seven, but if they've appeared in eight Super Bowls, they must have won the AFC Championship no, eight was, times. I don't think that there was a. There might not have been divisions in the early days. Uh, that might have been just the two top teams go to the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. So that's that actually a trick probably, question. probably a... Okay, well, let's let's not worry about that one. It's kind of a moot point. Let's see if you can get at least two points, Joe. What... You're, you're going to like this question, which, by the way, is question eight. What franchise name of the Patriots lasted for only one month? 
Uh, the New England Fair Players. No. <laughs> Do you happen to know this one, Zavi? I, I don't know. Okay, back in 1971, after they changed from the Boston Patriots, they changed to the Bay State Patriots. The NFL overruled it, saying they wouldn't accept a name that could be abbreviated to the BS Patriots. Oh my God, that is exactly what they should be now. <laughs> the BS Patriots. So, Zavi, congratulations. You win the game 4-1. You have proved that you're a state superfan by making him a t-shirt and you've proved that you're a superfan of the New England Patriots by crushing Joe in that game. You're going to get a tournament ticket. You're going to get an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. And we thank you once again for being a fan of our shows and of Joe Stapleton's beard. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure to take part on the podcast. Thank you, Zavi. You're the cutest, buddy. I'll see you next year in Barcelona. All right, kids. Well, I think that's all the time we've got for this week's show. Next week, we're going to recap this charity event that's going on Friday night. I believe it's a Lads Night In going out there. But wait, am I Lads Night In or Lads Night Out for this thing I'm at still the moment? waiting for confirmation. Apparently, they're trying to cut down on the guest list, and we were the first people they looked at cutting. So we might have a recap of that event. We might not. I don't know how to say this without sounding like a total dickbag, but like, who's more important than us? Is like team pros going? Uh, there are actual poker players. Okay. And also, Lee Jones is flying over from the Isle of Man. Oh, well, if Lee, I understand getting bumped for Lee Jones. That, uh, that one, makes perfect sense. One quick thing. Uh, we are still taking submissions, by the way, for Superfan versus Stapes. So if you want to appear on that segment of the show, do tweet using the hashtag EPCNotLive. But just as Zavi had his specialist subject... We need to know what you're an expert in. I've got to come up with some questions or get my dad to come up with them again. So <laughs> please tag your tweets. Eeps, you not live. Tell us why you're a super fan and what your specialist subject is. So possibly a charity event to recap. Yeah. I'll be doing more WCoop streaming between now and then. Shark Cage Heat number two begins. We'll be able to recap that. That is the... Redemption Heat. So this is made up of guys and girls who finished second in their respective heats in season one. Runners-up including Ike Haxton, Grinder, Theo Jorgensen, Maria Ho, and Miss Finland, Sarah Shafak. I'm so glad you said that and didn't look to me for the answer because I wouldn't have been able to come up with it. All right, guys, like I said before, that's all the time we've got for this week's show. We are out of here. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. 